Welcome to the Shields Outdoors podcast, your source for information on hunting, fishing, and all of your outdoor passions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Shields Outdoors podcast. My name is Mike Anderson, and today we're going to be talking about early goose season. We're going all the way back to episode 10 of this podcast, where we had a great conversation with Matt Rusted of CNS Custom Calls on both duck and goose hunting, along with a few of his favorite stories, go-to snacks in the blind, and some simulations of situations in the blind where he's actually blowing a duck call. You can hear what those sequences sound like. But in this segment, we're just pulling out those important bits and pieces that will help you be more prepared and successful in the goose blind this early season. Here's our conversation with Matt, starting with what a person needs to get started with goose hunting. For someone just getting into the sport, honestly, the best thing they could absolutely do right away without um, without having to spend a lot of money is invest in a silhouette spread. It's been crazy right now. I know every single store we're selling a ton of them. You're seeing guys kill geese over silhouettes everywhere. And... Uh, for you know a couple hundred bucks, you can get a really good spread of goose decoys instead of having to spend two thousand dollars for a spread of goose decoys. So a layout blind uh, hunting geese in a field, you, you kind of need a layout blind. But uh, other than that, a goose call and uh, the the silhouettes are such a useful tool that uh, it's getting tapped into right now. Everyone's using them, and there's a reason that they they work. Mm-hmm. So how do you position those? Do you, do you like have them go at different angles? So like the different birds will see yeah, them in different really positions. And I, I've noticed a lot of guys do it differently for sure. I kind of angle in different directions, but at the same time, I still want to show like groups and movement among the decoys. So like if I have like a pot of decoys out here and a pot of decoys here, I kind of like, I'll have them face different directions, but they're going like the same place just to show that there's kind of movement and spread as a flock of geese is working. And there's times where I'll have them faced all over, but um, I like to have them like kind of grouped up yet. Otherwise, if everyone's just facing different directions, I mean, it would work. I just, that's kind of how I go about it for the most part. Uh, It is big though to have them face different directions. If you have them all looking one way, at some point they're going to come invisible in your spread. And that's Mm -hmm. what makes it tough. And I, I realize there's some limits as far as silhouettes goes, but the advantages of them, um, not having to pack anything in really, uh, you don't need a trailer. You can throw them right in the bed of your truck. You can put them out in a minute. You can put 50 out in two minutes. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, they're super slick. Uh, but make sure you face in a different direction. What I kind of do is I'll walk a couple feet apart. I don't run too close usually. And I'll, uh, I'll maybe like have them all, like maybe not all, but a flock looking the same way. But in that same sense, I'm going to have them staggered, like different directions. So that goose that flies by doesn't lose sight of the whole flock. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So how do you choose a field? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's scouting. That's the number one thing. And uh, a lot of times I mean, in Minnesota, you'll see now that I'm back here, you get a lot more molt migrators. It's a big thing that sweeps waterfall hunters across Minnesota. That's going to be your one to two year old non-breeding birds that follow the food line um, kind of up from the south and back from Canada. And those ones are really fun to, they're really fun to hunt. So those, you don't necessarily have to be in like an X field that geese are in. Uh, those ones, I mean, you can just be in a really visible spot. I mean, I got buddies that kill in backyards. I got 
anywhere green, yellow, somewhere you pop, your decoys pop out really good. Um, the biggest way to kill geese would be, I mean, it's going scouting and obviously seeing them in the field, making sure they're coming from a ways away. The roost isn't too close, so every time you shoot, they don't hear you on the roost too close mm-hmm. uh, to scare them. That's a big one out in South Dakota. A lot of the spots, um, the, the geese just, there's ponds all over. In North Dakota would be the same thing. They, a lot of times they'll roost close, so you got to kind of play the wind and get the right wind so you're not busting the roost out. And uh, Otherwise, the last thing uh, would be traffic. You can hunt a field with good traffic. Maybe there's an X field that geese are sitting in. You can't get permission on it. You're going to set up in the field, the green field, the really visible field in between the roost and that field, just trying to pull them off with a, as many decoys as you can get out. So that would be the first thing. I'm always looking for an X field. If you're in an X field, I mean, you're going to kill geese usually you really have to mess it up not to kill them. Um, mm-hmm. and that just takes time to find, obviously, where roosts are and stuff like that. But if you can't get in that, that X, it doesn't mean to give up. Look around it and see what you could do to, to get underneath those birds. So for people that don't know what an X field is, can you yeah. elaborate yeah. on that a little bit? For sure, yeah. That would just be a, an X field would be a field that geese are feeding us. We're all going. And uh, that would be... You know, you maybe you scout it three days in a row, and three days straight they're going out to that field. That's where you want to be. Those geese are out there eating. They uh, they're hanging out, or maybe they're going to a a loaf out there. That's just what we call an X typically. Uh, somewhere the geese are just actually going to specifically. Mm-hmm. And so when you're going to set up on that field, you've seen them there a few different days. Do you set up like literally in the exact spot they drop or do you get a little bit forward, like closer to where they're coming from? What do you do there? It, there's a couple things that play into that. Uh, the one would be the hide. That would be my first question. If it's a really good hide, if that, that means if I'm going to be able to brush my blinds in really good or my A-frame, I, I will go sit exactly where they're at watching them you'll kind of see how they work the second the second thing that i always look for when i'm hunting an x field is the first thing is going to be the high the second thing is going to be the wind uh, the wind direction is going to tell me a lot it's going to tell me where the birds are going to finish at and if they're going to see my hide so a lot of times maybe it's like a silage field for example there's not a whole lot of stuff that's out in the field this time you're a lot of guys around silage there's not a whole lot of stubble laying around the field so if i lay layout brines blinds right in the middle of it all stubble up with corn. It might work for some birds. If it's really windy out, the birds might come low. They might not notice. They might not care ever. If it's not very windy out, they're probably going to fly to me, circle around me a bunch of times, and not come in or give me a crack shot at 30, 30 yards circling. So playing the wind is really important to me. Sometimes I will set up right where they're at, but if it's not a good hide, it's not worth it. I would pull off a little bit, maybe... 100 yards away, there's a spot in the field that had a little better hide. And I'll go over to that and uh, maybe have my layout lines totally brushed in if there's not a lot of wind, and I'll uh, actually kill the birds a little better. Not You might lose a flock to exactly where they were going, but the ones you get are going to finish a lot better. So those are the biggest two things. Wind is a huge factor waterfowl hunting every day, no matter what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I suppose because, you know, super windy days, uh, they're not going to hear you from a long ways away. Or, you know, if they're downwind, then they will be able to hear you from quite a bit. Landing strategies exactly. yep. makes a lot of sense. So are there any any new products out there that have been like game changers for you? Yeah, without a doubt. Big owls and the A-frames, whether it be our Shields ones. I kind of hit on the big owls a little bit earlier. I just can't get over how... I mean, how many people are using them? They still work. You think like when every single person's hunting over 
five to ten dozen silhouettes like they wouldn't work but everyone keeps killing over them uh, and it, they just are so awesome throw them in the bed of your truck i mean i have buddies big trailers whatnot and more often than not you're seeing them go out with 10 dozen silhouettes in the bed of their truck now it's just kind of changed the game of hunting mm-hmm. of water of hunting honkers right now um, on top of that you're seeing everyone use a-frames a-frames are awesome um like i was saying before my example about the silage field hide in silage fields, it seems A-frames have done really good. Uh, it's almost the opposite effect, you know. There's nothing in the field, so look laying like a bunch of corn stubble in the middle of a brown field doesn't look the best. But if you go up with it, you just look like a natural uh, swat or maybe a roll that they missed out in the corn or, you know, um, maybe a patch of grass that happened to go out in the field. So a lot of guys have been going that way. You can sit comfortably, get three guys in there, four guys, and let yourself in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that's a great way to get the kids involved too, or people exactly. that haven't been before. Yeah, dogs. I mean, it's a little tougher for dogs sometimes. It's nice if it's a younger dog, maybe they got a puppy, that kind of thing, and you can just keep them right in there or work with them. They're not going to really break because they're not going to see what's going on. You can go out there and work with them a little better. Um, but they're they're super handy tool. I use them every day. I mean, every time I hunt, honestly, it's getting to the point of either an A-frame or using silhouettes. Mm-hmm. Nice. What are some really commonly asked questions you get? Ooh, do silhouettes work? One, that's a that's like honestly like right now, it's just a craze. And they do, without a doubt. It's such a like a reverse of the, your thought process. What I mean, you after a while you had to use a full body goose or you weren't gonna kill a goose, you know? So everyone back t- 15, 20 years ago, they were using silhouettes and they were killing geese over them. Then it went to full bodies and now it's back to silhouettes. So people are kind of confused about that. Another uh, another really popular question is the same exact thing. Like, guys, do A-frames work? There's no way they don't see you up in that. And then every time I just smile and tell them to go take it out and they come back and they're like, I can't believe that worked. It's, it's literally clockwork every time. I can't believe that worked like that. Yeah, it, it really does work. So. <laughs> That's awesome. So it started at Silhouettes, and then it kind of moved into the full-body flocked, and now it's back to Silhouettes. Do you anticipate the geese kind of catching on to that and having to, to move back? I have a little, I don't know. It, it probably depends who you ask. In my opinion, I think if you look like a goose, sound like a goose, or in the right spot, a goose is going to come in. Silhouettes have always worked. Guys, when people were using full-bodies, Full bodies, they honestly, in my opinion, are probably a little more effective than a silhouette. They just have disadvantages that I don't like being bulky, tough to put out. I could see them going that way, you know, after a while. If I just have a tough time, if if you look at a goose, geese are going to come in. So, mm-hmm. nice. So, what sort of uh, gear system do you wear into the field, or what you recommend? Yeah, so far I've been I've been rocking Sitka now the last three four years pretty hard. It's awesome stuff. It's tough to beat from you know earlier in the year. They're awesome base layers and stuff they have. They're kind of lighter weight quarter zips and pants. Uh, we're in early season goose hunting all the way even until late in the year. I use uh man I use my, my I use my Sitka every day. I have it in my truck with me. I wear it to work. I think you see a lot of guys that end up doing that, man. It's, it's pretty tough stuff mm-hmm. to beat. A lot of waterfall guys, not really any deer guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's the nice thing about waterfall. waterfall. You really don't have to worry about scent. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's definitely the thing to have Sitka and it's, it's proved itself. There's nothing right now in the, in the waterfall industry that can compete 
Mm-hmm. That's just what it comes down to. Being dry and, and, and warm, it's the it's what you want. Duck hunting, you want to be warm and dry. So yep. it's, they got it down. Absolutely. No, they, they do make some incredible gear. But um, so how about that person that's just looking into waterfowl hunting is, is on a budget and looks at the price tag and is like, well, I, I can't do that, but I want to hunt. So what, what would you recommend there? I've been happy, pretty happy with some of the game hide stuff. I think they make a good product for, you know, kind of entry-level guys getting into it. You can get a jacket that has like a removable liner, going to keep you, you could wear it opener, does a waterproof kind of shell. You could also wear it uh, late, later in the year, throw that liner in there, which is kind of nice. But I've had plenty of guys go it that way and even buddies, that kind of thing. I've had some game hide back in the day. I mean, it gets you out there and it's going to, it's going to keep you warm. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about layering. So what is, what is your layering setup and what's, what are must haves? Yeah, I'm always, I always rock base layers um, on top of that. Uh, you know, like an earlier season one is, is important to have early years. You're not sweating too bad. And then uh, on top of that, as far as if I'm going, I guess most of the year, if I'm, if I'm going field hunting, I'm going to rock my uh, gradient pants. They're pretty tough to beat. Wearing them into the gas station in the morning is pretty nice. And then uh, throwing my Hudson bibs over the top of that. Um, then with that, typically I rock a duck oven. I'm a sweatshirt guy. You'll probably see like a lot of pictures of me. I'm wearing like sweatpants and sweatshirts. I'm just, a, I'm just kind of a dork like that. But that to me, that duck oven just feels like I have another sweatshirt on. Mm-hmm. So that's what I really like about it. Um, oh, like I said, tea on underneath or whatever. But for most of the year, that's what I'm going to use. Once it gets later, I'll throw on something. Throw on something heavier on top of it. Um, if it's raining out, throw it like a Delta weighing jacket over the top. Um, that's kind of new I've been going to this year, but yeah. Okay, great information. If you could give a young hunter one piece of advice, what would it be? I'd give them two. One, I would say go have fun. Obviously, that's that's what the whole thing's about. I've learned more and more the last couple of years. I just I just want to get out with my buddies and just go have a good time. But on top of that, what's going to help you have a little more good time uh, is scouting. It's such a huge piece of hunting and just getting out and just learning what the birds are doing in your area. You're going to be mind blown at how much stuff you'll learn in one, one night of scouting in your area. And that's going to make your hunt that much better. Even if you're hunting a public lake, if you go out scouting in the morning before, you might have an idea where the goose feeds. If there's a goose feed maybe near the lake and they're going to come to loaf there in the day or, you know, anything like that, just getting out and scouting and, just scouting as much as you possibly can. And it's just going to lead to good memories out in the field. Nice. What are your tips for early season calling versus mid season versus late season calling? How I like to hunt. I hunt with a lot of decoys usually. So I use my calling to kind of my advantage. That's why I hunt with more decoys. Cause I can sound like a few more geese or a few more ducks out there. Mm-hmm. And I set up my spread. So like they come in that way, they come to my sound. Whenever I'm hunting, I'm having the geese come to my sound at the end. So that's kind of my goal. So I'm always calling a little more than probably the next guy would. Is there times I may call too much? Maybe a little bit, but uh, it's, for the most part, it's, it, it works pretty good. Um, but, yeah, later in the year, bigger spreads usually. Um, those molt migrator days where the geese are just flying way up high in the air, just want to catch your attention, rip on them all day. Hunting traffic, the geese aren't in your field. You might as well call till you can't breathe anymore because you just want to get their attention. Do you notice that waterfall ever get call shy as it gets later into the season? Around here a lot more so. I'm, I've been kind of blessed out in South Dakota the last five years. I think here for sure, you know, 
they get a little call shy, but I, I kind of believe that same principle. If you sound like a goose, they're going to, if you look like a goose, sound like a goose, they're going to come in. Hey, thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. it, was, it was Absolutely. Good. Thanks guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right. Well, you go crush some ducks and geese. <laughs> Will do. All right. Take it easy, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. You just heard our conversation with Matt Rusted of CNS Custom Calls on early goose hunting. Hopefully you guys are out there scouting fields and finding that X and getting prepared for another great season. If you need any of the gear we've mentioned in this podcast or anything waterfowl in general, make sure to stop by your local Shields store or visit us online at shields.com. And with that, we'd like to thank you all for listening and see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Shields Outdoors podcast. Stay tuned for future segments and visit our social media pages, Shields Outdoors on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates.